Hey everyone, Jawad here uh, with a quick take. Um, as you would have heard by now, the news is out that Daniel Ricciardo won't be at McLaren next year. Both parties have decided to um, mutually end their agreements. So, you know, perhaps the best possible thing that could have happened. Uh, as sad as it is, you know, even, um, even the other day I was recording, I was talking about how was putting some thoughts into words for writing this week and saying how um, it is a bit distressing that, you know, this hasn't worked out given how much promise there was and, you know, you'd have thought it was a great fit given Ricardo's personality and the calibre of driver he is coming into the team as a seven-time Grand Prix winner, um, you know, demanding the big bucks and everything as well. But, you know, he's regularly been behind his teammate Lando Norris and hasn't quite gotten gotten himself out of the performance slump that he has found himself in uh, bar the victory last year at Monza, which, you know, McLaren's first win since 2012. No one's going to take that one away from him, not unless Zach Brown finds a laser tattoo remover, removalist to get rid of that tattoo that he's got for that. But I think the big question to ask here, which everyone's asking is, you know, who's to blame, what's gone wrong, you know, it's a bit of column A, bit of column B. As much as I'm a big fan of the team as well, I think there is a level of blame that you've got to proportion towards them. You know, it's a lot of people have come out and talked about how classless and, you know, how poor the uh, attitude has been from, from Zach Brown in particular, the CEO, given the contract sagas that are going on all over the world at the moment with them in IndyCar, Formula E, and now with uh, Oscar Piastri as well coming into F1. Not that um, Piastri's thing is what has gone on with him at Alpine is directly Brown's fault per se, but ultimately both have under, you know, the driver has underperformed, the team has underdelivered. Now, one way of looking at it is that, uh, you know, Lando Norris, in an underperforming car, he has outperformed his teammate, he's outperformed the car, he's done so well this season as he did last year. Why can't someone of Ricardo's experience match that or even get close enough to that? And that's what I think is the, the galling side of it. And the fact that we've reached this point of no return where... There's no coming back now. Yeah, they had the third year on the deal, which was in Ricardo's favour. He was the one who could have uh, who could have triggered getting out of it earlier. Um, which you know, obviously now they've um, mutually agreed to part ways. But he could have easily quit earlier, for example. But no, it has it hasn't been the case, and he will see out the rest of the season. See, and it'll be interesting to see what the results are. Um, for him going forwards, but you know what what what's gone wrong, and like I've alluded to as well recently, it's a question that I've been asking: is that was he right to leave Renault in the first place? You know, when you look at where Alpine is in hindsight at the moment, performance-wise, they're doing a lot better. Yet no one seems to want to drive for them, um, and his performances at Renault for those two seasons were quite 
good, you know, even though he wasn't setting the world on fire in terms of results and there was only a few podiums that he managed to get in that time. He was, you know, easily quicker than teammate Nico Hulkenberg, who, you know, the first, you know, solid teammate, I guess, Hulkenberg's had in his career. Um, and Hulkenberg's not even on the grid anymore. And then Esteban Ocon, you know, coming back after a year out of the sport, um, and consistently being quicker than him, and everyone knows how much, uh, how highly Esteban Ocon is rated too. So he made he made good of his time there, and it just you know begged that third season to see what they could have accomplished, even though um, it would be with the same car or just a carryover car essentially into twenty one. You know he would be more comfortable and embedded within that team, uh, but. Instead, you know, deciding to leave after only one year, you know, or making that decision to leave after only one year on that deal with them to go to McLaren showed that he didn't have the faith in uh, Stone and, you know, the French side and Viri to, to go ahead. And that's the disappointing side of it, you know, and apparently going to McLaren, it was less money anyway and whatnot. But then, you know, this is what's come of his time at McLaren um, being trounced by his teammate. It's not something that we've seen happen to Ricardo in the past either. I mean, even when he was teammates with Max Verstappen at Red Bull for those three seasons, it wasn't as bad the deficit than what it is with Lando at the moment. So here's hoping that wherever he ends up on the grid in the future, if, if he's leaving on the grid next year. That's a big question now, too, that everyone's concerned about, that he might not even have a drive. Um, according to, apparently, his mum, Ricardo's mum, was on, on Channel 9 News or something over in Perth and said that he's not going to be going back to Alpine, that's for sure, next year. So, you know, and that's probably the best in terms of performance place that he could end up but I understand why that wouldn't happen given the past history and you know the fact that he basically slapped them on the face when he said oh, I'm going to sign for McLaren only a year into what was supposed to be a long-term agreement between those two so I'm sure even though the likes of Cyril Abitable are not there anymore that the uh the board of Renault and Alpine probably don't look at that as favourably. But then you've got contenders further down the grid, such as Haas and, and Williams, that could be looking at his services. I mean, it keeps him on the grid, but is it is it, you know, good to see someone of Ricardo's calibre down there? I mean, is he really going to rediscover himself driving for a lesser team like that? You know, it's it's not good. So it's it's a not a good situation, regardless of the you know whatever the outcome has been um, from a team perspective for McLaren. I guess you know this has got to be a bit of a wake up call for them as well, uh, heading into next year. I mean, it is clear for those who know that this wasn't a team that was ready to jump into championship contention with the 2022 regulations. I mean, they're getting new infrastructure and new wind tunnel coming in 2024 so it won't be until then at least that we might see them back in the winner's circle regularly as much as we'd hoped with the results that we got in the past few seasons um that they would be up there but unfortunately that's not the case uh so what do they do in the meantime i mean they've said 
that, you know, they've identified where they went wrong with this year's car. So hopefully it means for next season they can make changes and be able to bring a car that is a lot more um, versatile to the driving styles of whoever is there for Lando as teammate, but also not have the same problems that they had earlier on, you know, with the brakes and uh, the cooling that plagued them in the early races and put them so far behind. And, you know, I was listening to Norris talk on Beyond the Grid, the F1 podcast, about um, how he thinks that Alfa Romeo even are quicker than them on race pace. So it is pretty, uh, pretty shocking when you hear that. But, you know, that's just the way it is at the moment for, for the team. So, you know, it's not good for both sides. Um and for Ricardo, hopefully, you know, let's hope that this isn't the end for him. For the team, uh, they haven't said yet who will be replacing him. Obviously, the news only just came out midnight, um, our time here. Uh, Piastri is obviously the number one target, but <laughs> there was a bit of sneakiness um, from IndyCar land. I think Alex Pelot announced something and then deleted a tweet pretty much straight after that. So would would he, someone like him, come into the team? I mean, I've said all along, what's the point of bringing one of the IndyCar drivers in, you know, in terms of like-for-like like replacement? You're not going to get much more out of them than you would Ricardo trying to find his way with the McLaren car. So it's basically starting from ground zero with whoever you've got and then with a rookie like Piastri um he has to come in he has to familiarize himself with the with a whole new team um there'll be a lot of mental stuff going on as well with all the contract stuff with Alpine and you know the legal matters as well that are being brought up in this so it's not going to be the smoothest of debuts for him so the whole situation is very messy and I think Whoever does come in, if, if it is Piastri, for example, there's going to be a big point to prove on his side. And I don't know if he's the kind of driver who has shown that he can do that. You know, he's shown he's got the talent, he's got the speed, he's done so well in the junior formula. But, you know, to have made such big headlines like this and then back it up with performance, particularly how he's not um, been racing this year as well. He's done a lot of testing for the Alpine team, but it's not the same as being in a race situation, it might be another tough year for McLaren next year if um, the second driver isn't as up to speed as, you know, if Ricardo was able to turn himself around. But at the same time, that was not looking likely to happen. And then do you take that risk of, you know, carrying this driver over to a third season and, you know, potentially losing more points um, in the Constructors' Championship, or do you make a change and hope that, you know, it works out? Because if it's not going to work out, it's still going to be as bad as it has been for them in terms of those Constructors' Championship points lost. So, yeah, disappointing day, disappointing outcome, but the right outcome, I guess, in terms of both parties being able to move forward. I certainly hope that, you know, McLaren and their reputation can rebound from this as well by making the right decision same with ricardo as well he's a driver that you know he's won a grand prix he was so good supremely good when you look at those early years with red bull his first season where he came in and 
was able to take three wins away from Mercedes in one of their most dominant years and also um, Sebastian Vettel coming off four world championships back-to-back and utterly wiping the floor with him. And then again, you know, quicker than Danny Kvyat the next year, even though Kvyat beat him in the Drivers' Championship. And then, yeah, the first season with Verstappen as well, um, still showing that he is quite close. I mean, maybe he shouldn't have left Red Bull in the first place, which is, you know, one of the best questions you can ask in hindsight. But, um, you know, that's another story for another time. We could probably talk that talk about that if uh, Ricardo retires or if he's no longer on the grid, perhaps, when we're looking back in retrospect. So, yeah, you know, what's, what's your thoughts? Please share them. Um, as usual, um, didn't expect to be doing a little recording like this, but it's it's there. Get it out there and um, be interesting to see what everyone else thinks. So thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoy the Belgian Grand Prix this weekend, and uh, we'll be back next week to wrap it all up.